So, Kirsten. So, Jay. It's... Well, it's sometime in the late 70s. Frankly, I did, in fact, forget to check the exact year, but I think that's fine for our purposes. All right. We're already starting out imprecise. I love it. You know, that's kind of... I mean, like... What, are we going to be precise about messy worlds of expanded canon? I I don't think so. (laughs) Neither does any expanded canon. So, the year is 1971 of them. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I want to say, like, 78. And it's time to talk about something we've talked about before. One, Neil Adams, who is a comic book man, uh, <gasps> did some comic art for some DC series, gets hired on to begin a project that DC has uh, picked up the license for. Okay. And, uh, you know, he's seen a little bit of what it's based on. He knows a little bit of what he's doing. But he has some ideas that are eventually going to take this thing in a different direction, one that sort of fizzles out at the end, but in the meantime, I think leads to some interesting stuff we can talk about. Kirsten, today it's time at long last to talk about one of my favorites uh, in the expanded Marmoset Chronicles oeuvre, which is the Marmoset Chronicles comics. Ooh, I'm excited about this one. Welcome once again to the Marmoset Chronicles, a personal retrospective. I'm Jay, and I'm joined always by my friend and co-host, Kirsten. How are you, Kirsten? I'm alright. Um, I feel like I say that every week, like, exactly like that. Like, I'm alright. Uh, but, you know, can't complain. I mean, complain. if you're alright, then you're alright. Uh, can't complain. Getting through life. Getting through it day by day. Uh, I, um, woke up this morning and was in a sleep paralysis time loop, and that was terrifying. Oh, but, no! Uh, yes. So, uh, what, what happened was I was, um, I woke up and I was, I was paralyzed, and I kept, uh, having, like, half dreams in which I broke the paralysis and got up and did something, and then I would, the dream would end, and I would realize that I hadn't done that, and I was still, in fact, paralyzed. It was awful. That sounds awful. I'm glad that, despite (laughs) that, you were able to come on and immediately say that you were doing okay, because that sounds like the opposite of an okay way to start your day. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't a great way to start the day, but I took a shower, and after that, I was pretty sure I was still, I was actually awake and not once again in a sleep paralysis dream, mm-hmm. uh, and then I just kind of carried on. <laughs> like, what, what, what can you do? Just, like, agonize over sleep paralysis time loops? That way leads to madness, Jay. Hey, Jay, <laughs> does, does, this, does this comic yeah. series have sleep paralysis demons? I, thank you for finding the transition. I was trying so hard to find, and frankly failing. Um, <laughs> not to my knowledge or recollection, no. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, let, let, let's talk about the, the Marmoset Chronicles comics. So, okay. um, I had read some, and in preparation for this episode, I, I, I sent you a couple that I found PDFs of. I don't know if you were able yes. to find any others in addition to that. But, we, you know, to, like, talk about it a little bit just in the sort of recap of what I remember we talked about briefly once before. Mm-hmm. Um, penned by Neil Adams, or, or, or inked, rather, by Neil Adams, who's a guy who did a bunch of, like, Green Lantern comics and other DC comics in the 80s. Set in a lot of settings, kind of inspired by Obstacle Core and its big mm-hmm. city. It, it's it feels very much like um, he saw that movie and then saw RoboCop, which I don't think was actually out yet, and just kind of ran with the ideas from it, those two things. It's and just very sort of like, like it's very like street level cyberpunk. Yeah, uh, and then occasionally it'll be a little more like Mad Max desert punk, but it's mostly very street level cyberpunk, which. On a base level, I like. I'm I'm a big fan of that aesthetic, just Me at too. a baseline. And, and and so you've got that. You've got uh, Georgie going around doing stuff, drawn definitely like 
a little bit harder jawed and a little more like leather jacket action hero-y than he even is in the movies. Which you he's know, a little bit he's a little bit more Kurt Russell. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that that's better than anyone I was gonna try and pull. Um, so you've got him. Uh, you've got a love interest who periodically shows up named Tambria, which I still think is just a very <laughs> funny name. Um, Tambria. Tambria, my favorite band, Coheed and Tambria. I probably made that joke the first time too. <laughs> so yeah, so these comics like kind of just follow Georgie wandering through the, these spaces. He like gets involved in fighting a drug ring that's like mm-hmm. <laughs> harassing this. Uh... So all right. It's cyberpunk, yes, but also one of the other main characters is a guy who owns a combination ice cream stand and fighting dojo, <laughs> which is, like, just about the sickest shit imaginable. <laughs> like, I, I love that, because that sounds like something that someone would pitch today. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like, that, I, feel like I, I saw a Kickstarter for that, like, two weeks ago. Like, uh, yeah, oh, it, yeah, it's like a trendy Soho uh, eatery and, and dojo, yeah. Yeah, come come eat some ice cream and throw some hands. <laughs> find find uh, find inner peace with with our ice cream, and then find inner strength in in the back room there. <laughs> uh, so did, did you? So you did take this as like this is a sanctioned dojo and not like an underground fighting ring. I kind of had a hard time figuring out if this was like legal I- or not. I, I don't think it's a fighting ring, but also I definitely don't think it's sanctioned by anyone. I, Except I, I think the it man is himself. like it, it's one of those things that's like meant to be wholesome. Just like like it's one of those things that is a little more unrealistically wholesome than it probably would have been if it was in one of the movies. Like if this was one of the movies, this just would have been Margot's fighting ring. But yes, no, yes. like it's this guy. So the guy who runs this place is named Ashby Kishimoto, which is a great name. And, and he has this like, you know, he has regulars. He has like this group of kids who are like kind of street youths who come to get a, get a, get a cone of chocolate chip ice cream and go learn how to do some good kicks. And it's like, very much implied as a keeping them off the street kind of thing. And it's yeah. just, and, and it's like, it's nice. It's very nice. And like, just weirdly wholesome for a thing that's connected to the Marmoset Chronicles, frankly. Uh, yeah. And also that, that's, that, um, that kind of thing is, 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 you know, way more familiar, I think, in the comic book media as opposed sure. to the movie media. Definitely. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, Hero goes to weird neighborhood spot or weird neighborhood person and finds kind of solace there is a pretty familiar trope and especially superhero comics. I know that off the top, like, top of my head, like, there's something like that in a lot of superhero comics. There's a diner. There's uh, something like that in uh, any, like, not really Batman comics, but comics that take place in Gotham City. Sure. Uh, there's... Um, stuff like that. I mean, Daredevil. Daredevil has his friendly neighborhood priest who, uh... Yep. Definitely, um, as someone who's known very many, many priests, you you can't just, you can't just walk into the church, man. Like, the the priest isn't just hanging out there all the time. (laughs) That's fiction. He's got shit to do. He does! He has shit to do. 
my my mom is a music director at a church, and if some random dude came in at like 7 p.m. on a Wednesday while she's trying to rehearse with the choir, she would just be so fucking pissed. Like, you can't be in here. I'm trying to wrangle these 10 old ladies to all sing on key, and it is not going well. <laughs> oh, my. But, uh... I've wanted to read these for a long time. Uh, the problem is that it's really hard to get your hands on copies of this. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't so know how you I don't know how you found those digital PDFs because I had been looking forever. I can't find them online. All of the uh, and all of the physical copies I found are like just expensive enough that I cannot justify it. I, I, I had the ones I had because some collector in the last, like, year uh, unearthed some. Like, some, just some guy who had a scanner somewhere unearthed some or got some from, like, a secondhand shop where the guy didn't know what they had, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Bought them and just scanned them and, like, put them up on, you know, Reddit or wherever. Just like, uh. hey, th- here's these scans of a few various issues. Um, ah, and so that, that makes this really interesting is that you and I don't have the complete story of these comics here, really. We, no. we can look them up on Wikipedia. I've, I've, I've read a bit about the rest of the story, but I've never even gone all the way on that. Um, I know some things that are not covered in what we have here. But, like, yeah, it, it's kind of fascinating how piecemeal what we even have to talk about is. Yeah, because it, I this was a pretty limited run, I think. Maybe that... Uh... Yeah, and I don't, and it wasn't super popular at the time. I actually, I, I always got the feeling that these were kind of rejected in mass by hardcore Marvelous Chronicles fans. I think that's uh, definitely true. Yeah, which, um, you know, that happens sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you put out some ancillary material, and the fans are like, "We just don't like it," and you have to. And I mean, I, I feel like we see that happen today, where it's like, "Have some ancillary material," and everyone's like, "How about we didn't?" And the you know, person or yeah. corporation who put it out is like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that was, yeah. Especially since it's a movie series that was still ongoing. Like, these had about an 18-month run, uh, mm-hmm. and it was betu- between two of the movies. It was between, um, I guess, and, wait, no, how does how does time work? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it was between And the Mountain Came to Them and uh, Logica. And mm-hmm. so, like... People were, you know, people were like, well, it's not the canon, and the canon's still being written, and we care about the canon, so we're going to kind of reject this thing. Like, Oh, you I, know, nerd shit. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, like, like, to get the Star Wars reference out of the way early, I think it's a difference than in a case like, um, I know I've talked about the Star Wars novels, the, like, expanded universe novels before. Mm-hmm. Those got big after the original movies ended, when gotcha. fans were hungry for a, for more that they weren't getting any other way. These came out in between parts of a series that all the fans of were too deep in on to really focus on ancillary stuff until the main thing finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. It, it, it's like if you, you know... Wasn't there... Okay, The Walking Dead is a show I don't like or give a shit about, but um, The Walking Dead had a spin-off show when it itself was only like four or five seasons in. And yes. it, so it was running and its spin-off show were running concurrently on uh what is that AMC whatever channel it is. And I I don't I have a million things I'd rather do with my time than looking at viewership numbers for The Walking Dead, but I know the spin-off show failed ultimately. Yes. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead, I want to say lasted like 3 seasons or something and then got canned. And like that's because, you know, if the main thing is still going, I I don't need to see more of a story from suddenly a different author's perspective when the main perspective is still not done. 
Yes. And also because, like, from what I've seen of these comics, like, just... These, they're kind of tonally weird with the movies. They make yeah. some weird character choices with Georgie. The aesthetic of them is very different. Way more, like, cyberpunky. Like, this is, this is like, this feels like, this feels like it takes place in a world that will one day become Blade Runner. It's yeah. not Blade Runner yet, but it's gonna get there one day. God, I love that. That's, that's on point as hell, exactly. And, you know, it, it it's Blade Runner, it's got the, or it's pre-Blade Runner, it's got the, like, I'd buy that for a dollar crazy advertisements on TVs and buses yeah. and all this stuff. It's, um, it's got kind of a, like, ki- kind of a Yakuza slash mob thing going on where, from what I've understood, because one of the ones I sent you is an early one, it seems as though Georgie, at least at the start of these comics, has taken up residence in an apartment above this ice cream parlor and dojo and is, like, protecting this place from the mob, from some sort of, like, cyber-augmented super mob. Which, uh, is just kind of objectively cool. It is! Uh, It's great! It's super cool! And is also, uh, as you're explaining this to me, I'm realizing is very close to the way the, uh, Venom movie ends. Yeah! (laughs) God, you had to bring that up, didn't you? Yes, I did, because I really like that movie. That's... Uh, I promise this will be a very short... Uh, digression about the Venom movie. I have absolutely yeah. no idea why people shit on that movie so hard. I thought it was a lot of fun, uh, and I had a great time watching it, and uh, I thought it was kind of a, a joy of a, like, weird buddy cop movie. Uh, I'll give you this. I think it's a bad movie, but I think it's a really entertaining bad movie. <laughs> See, I don't think it's a... I'm not sure if I would classify it as a bad movie. Oh, I, I really thought... I really, like, genuinely enjoyed it. I... I my My... <laughs> The funniest thing in that movie to me is how, like, Venom will be talking, and one line he'll be like, You puny humans are nothing to us. We have cascaded through the stars for millennia. And then his next line will be, Yeah, I'm kind of a loser, too. It's great! (laughs) He goes between very dramatic dialogue and very just, like, buddy dialogue. No! And it's, it's very great. Amazing. It's great because because the people who wrote that movie was like, oh no, we need to make a Venom story that makes sense without Spider Man. How are we going to do that? And then they took I, a I, moment. Yeah. To, they took a moment to think, and they were like, we're going to make them both huge losers. Yeah, and and I do agree with you. They did a pretty good job of that. I, I like the idea. Um, okay, uh, uh, I can segue this. I can yeah. segue this. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the art in this book. You can kind of... It feels very transitionary between, like, ages of comics, right? Yeah. Uh, I, again, I don't know. I I you I think I read more Western comics than you do. Y- you definitely do. I, I know, like... I, I have some baseline for what those eras are, but you definitely do more than I do, I want to say. Gotcha. Well, it's just... You can very much feel like... You can feel kind of, like, new kind of art sneaking in, especially the kind of, like, movement of the characters in a way that did kind of... A lot of this did remind me um, of how kind of Spider-Man in that era was drawn. Though with a very different color palette. So this this comic has a weird-ass color palette. But that, like, pulpy, like, stiff with moments of fluidity sort of style that I, I think works very well. There is There is something very kind of pleasingly pulp about the way this whole comic looks. Definitely, yeah. The the sort of weird color saturations, how they they're really trying to like pull off like neon, 
but they just don't have yeah. the ink for it. There, there is something very like kind of superhero comic-y looking about it, probably because the 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 person who inked it has, you know, background in specifically superhero comics. Um, did you like the way this looked? Overall, yeah, it, it, it's you know. It, it, it's not a style that like I'm constantly thinking about, but yeah, it's um how how best to even it's a lot of interesting color usage. It's a lot of like things look very look very shiny, you know. Like yes. I, I'm so so just for reference, I'm looking at some of this artist's other stuff, and it's a lot of like Batman with very kind of shiny suit and like a cape that's reflecting a lot of light on it, but also like a lot of very dynamic sensibilities when it comes to like, um, fabric and, you mm -hmm. know, like just looking at those, his cape is like blowing in the wind in like an extremely angular dynamic way. And you see that a lot in bits of these comics too, where yeah. you've got like, uh, you know, the, the the flags on this bridge kind of overlooking a part of town are like whipping in the wind and they look like you paused an animated movie that's trying to really capture them whipping yeah. in a strong wind. More than some other comics would put necessarily that much effort into. It's just yeah. a, a lot of like thought about the weight of things in relation to each other and how it's all illustrated, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they do... There is a lot more weight in here, I think. Like, even Georgie looks bigger, like you said, yeah. and more angu angular, and they gave him the full Kurt Russell treatment. And it's funny that they gave him the full Kurt Russell treatment, because in this uh, comic, he acts way more like a Kurt Russell character than like Georgie. He totally does. And I, I think that's the kind of thing that I know, that you know, some nerds got immediately mad about because that's not Georgie. I like that he's different in this since this is already a weird side canon thing. Yeah. Fuck it. Let this be someone else's interpretation of uh, of this character. I, I'm, I'm here for it. I also don't dislike it. I, I think yeah. it's an interesting, an interesting place to take this story. I also think it's interesting because it contrasts, like, just how, like, weird Laz wrote this character. Because... The, the addition to this comic, the, the main addition that's just straight up not very much in the movies is like, you know, the weird, like, kind of 70s action movie macho posturing. And the, yeah. like, uh, the, like, uh, I'm wearing a leather jacket and I love a woman, but I can never really have her because I'm sad. So I'm gonna <laughs> punch bad guys and drink hard liquor and help my and have male bonding moments with my friends but i'm yeah, never gonna smile like, once no he never does which that that's on brand for georgie the not really smiling part that's fine yeah that's fine uh, it's it, you know it, it, it's a lot of like and at the end of the day i'm it, it, it is a more violent version of georgie it's george you mm -hmm. know georgie gets in plenty of fights but this is a georgie who is more ready than ever to just fucking fight. And, and, and I think that works. And that leads to some really fun fights. You mentioned the hard liquor thing. There's, um... I really like in the, um... The second one I sent you... Him seeing some kids trying to, like... Graffiti the, the, the storefront of this. But, you know, like... A lot of these comics open with him 
at his apartment over the ice cream parlor and dojo. This particular uh-huh. one is him on his balcony, drinking up from a bottle of whiskey, just finishing it, and he sees these hooligan kids down below trying to spray paint it. And he hoists the he 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 holds his bottle up and throws it down at them just at the right angle that it hits both of them in the head. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps down, picks up the half-broken bottle, and just like and just has this really good dynamic fight with these two kids before chasing them off. And uh. it's just it's just a lot of stuff like that that's, you know, it's, it's not... so what, comic booky and ridiculous. Exactly! And, I, yeah, it's not what Laz would have done, but who fuck it? Laz isn't here right now. Like, as, you know... Laz isn't here right now. Please leave a message after You cannot the come to the phone. Beep. You cannot hey, come to the Laz, phone. Hey, Laz, you want to leave the Latvian wilderness and uh, give some people some interviews? Hey, Laz, Laz. you want to come on the Marmoset Chronicles? Ja- come on our podcast? Jay, Jay, what if he's listening? I'm, he's not listening. He's I not listening. I, I don't think he's somewhere with internet. I I feel like I feel like this is an important digression. I feel like Laz is somewhere where like if he wants the internet, he has to travel three days by boat to get to it. <laughs> he's on a tiny, tiny island. The population of that island yeah. is him and three puffins. It's him and a little roving band of animal friends who get into adventures. <laughs> oh god, it's some Kimba the White Lion shit. Oh, uh, are we? Is is this is this what quarantine is doing to our brains? This whole podcast is what quarantine is doing to our brains. We were like two weeks into it when this and started. Anyway, started, yeah, it's been so long. Anyway, I am always just shocked. By stuff that turns up in, like, media in just decades of the past, where you're just like, wow, I can't believe they got away with that. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's pretty much a couple boobs in these comics. There are. You you Uh, just, you just see, uh, you see Tambria getting changed through a window at one point, and her her tit uh, is just there. Though, to uh, kind of highlight what a, like, how strong my my asexual blindness is, like, we were texting about these comics, and you were like, uh-huh. hey, Kirsten, like, it's so crazy, did you see the, did you see the boobs? And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't say it's so crazy. <laughs> I just and write out, boy yoing And I was like, what? And you're like, and you're like, are you fucking serious, Kirsten? I'm like, I straight, because I straight up didn't notice. I'm, I'm so like, it, 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 you know, it's like, it's like they all, all have like notice me not charms on them. I'm like, ah, yes, just I stroll through the world, right, in which, <laughs> in which no one does anything more than hold hands under the blankets. <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, so there's boobs. There's also, you know, like, like when we're talking about that action, this is an era where, like, I, I really like a good blood splatter in action. And I don't mean like, like, I mean like a blood trail, like a panel where someone's fist has just connected with someone else's face and uh-huh. there is a Fibonacci spiral arc of blood coming out of their jaw. Like, right, when yep. that looks really good, that just, like really does something for me. I just think it's cool as fuck. Absolutely. And there's a couple really good ones of these in this. Yes, there's a lot of... 
there's a lot of cool visuals and, you know, it does feel like in some places, like, someone's kind of weird AU fanfic where it's like, what if... <laughs> sure. What if Georgie was a was a more of a hard boiled detective and a little bit more like Kirk Russell, Kurt Russell, not Kirk Russell. Yeah. Fuck me. Uh, and then what if we gave him like a femme fatale love interest? And what w- what would that even look like? And then, uh, you know, somehow like like bless D- D- DC and the weird world of uh, comic. God, wh- I just forgot the word for it. Comics. No, like panels. No, like 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 a, a comic that's based off of an already existing property. A licensed comic. Licensed comic. Yeah. yeah. Bless DC and the weird world of licensed comics, because it yeah. is cool to see that. It it it, it is, and like. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hate this. D- have I have I have I told you before that DC published the Bionicle comics when you, those were a thing? You have told me that. I think you okay. told me that in like episode two. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. This would have this probably came up the same time we talked about these comics before. I just always enjoy that because it's just <laughs> like what? by that metric, I'm a big DC comics fan because I read all the Bionicle comics as a oh kid. Oh my god, how many Bionicle comics are there? Oh, they well, so they they um they came with the Lego magazine, and that was monthly. So it was like it was like ten issues a year, and for at least eight or nine years, so quite a bit. It got weird though, cause an. <laughs> The comics would tell most of stories, but then there would be like, oh, go buy the direct-to-DVD movie to find out the climax of this story, or here's part of a story, but there's also parts of it that are in Flash animations on our website. Like, it was very funny what bits of the stories did and didn't get told, but the, um, there were some good artists in there. There was a, <clears throat> there was a particular artist I still follow named Stuart Sager who did some work on those for a while. You can't see my face right now. But I think you can see my face right now. I I, I can see your face right now. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I, I, this is. I'm. I am not judging you. I I I've go, gotten into way weirder things in my yeah, lifetime. Like the Venom movie. Hey. <laughs> uh, hey, do you want to get back to talking about the comics? <laughs> I actually, I think we've been pretty good about getting yeah, no, away yeah. from our tangents this time. I, I, I'm yeah. surprised we, anyone's we are our still own sticking police. with us with how how hardcore we've been tanging those tangents. So I I think it's cool that this exists. Um, yeah. I think that um, I don't ever want this experiment to happen again. I certainly don't want Marmoset Chronicles comics right now. Yeah, so I... Yeah. I'm sure that that's been pitched somewhere. There's uh, there's been a like a big kind of resurgence of people doing like little comic one-offs with, you know, other things. Yeah. They, they did they uh, this is a fun comic. They did a uh, crossover comic between uh the 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 movie Big Trouble in Little China and the movie Escape from New York. So did they Oh yeah, I heard about this. Uh, so and it's kind of it's very goofy and very fun, but so it's like two different curves. Kurt Russell characters, like, meeting each other. So it's, like, Jack Burton meeting Snake Plissken. And, uh, <laughs> they, those, they run around just, like, 
having zany adventures and it's really dumb and it's kind of fun. Th- this I is love that. Not gonna so lie. there's something that like you can something thing that can be said about comics is that like in the 90s you could do whatever you wanted in comics. Like people did like weird ass mm. fucking crossovers and everyone was just like, "Yeah, sure, let's just let's just go with it." Hell yeah. Uh yeah. and that's kind of coming back like they just like DC just did a whole bunch of like pretty serious Looney Tunes DC comics crossovers. Like they did like an Elmer Fudd Batman comic. <laughs> uh there there is a uh Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles co- yeah, crossover I, comic that's yeah. apparently pretty good. Uh, I, I was I was gonna mention that because that's the one that has the meme of my parent this is where my parents died, Raphael. <laughs> I've seen uh, yes. <laughs> it's just very good. But yeah, no, it, well, it's that, but it's it, it's crossovers and also just really odd reimaginings, like those newer Flintstones comics. I, you know about those? I, I'm actually not familiar with those. Oh, man. Look this up sometime. Or I'll, I'll send it to you later. So they are these, it's a comics, it's comics about the Flintstones characters, but they're all drawn more like people. They are not drawn in the Hanna-Barbera art style or anything close to it. And it's, like, all this serious stuff about, like, what the coal mine one of them works in is doing to the caveman world. And, like, there's, there's, there's a panel, like, there's some part of it where they start talking about how some of the cavemen committed genocide against others. Like, it, it is handling very serious issues. But it's about the Flintstones. Well, there's stuff like that. There's also, um, I'm not sure if this has been confirmed, but uh, there's a certain writer at DC that everyone's pretty sure is working on um, a Rorschach project right now, which nobody needs. Mm. I'm not going to read it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Well, there was that new Watchmen comic run like a few years ago, right? Oh, Doomsday Clocks. No, uh, well, there was, like, a, um, there's been a couple, um, revisitings to Watchmen. I think there, there was a couple that were vignettes. Doomsday Clock was pretty recent. Yeah. Uh, Doomsday Clock was pretty cool. Okay. I like Doomsday Clock. But we don't need a solo Rorschach book in 2020. We just don't. <laughs> but, basically, if someone's going to do this, now is the time. Uh, honestly, I can think of some writers I wouldn't mind picking up the project, but... okay. Hold on, didn't you just say we didn't need a Marmoset Chronicles comic right now? We didn't need it, but if it's gonna happen, yeah, there no, are I see people I'd rather have on it than others. Yeah, like, no, I, I definitely see what you mean. Like, if they decide they're gonna make... Okay, if they decide they're ever gonna remake one of these movies, I never ever want them to do that. However, I would rather have it in the hands of X-Director as opposed to Y-Director. Sure. Um, so, uh, like, I can think of some, like, writers I think could handle it. Uh, I don't really think it needs to happen. I don't want any kind of Marmoset Chronicles reboots. I, I think we should let it rest. What do you no, think? Oh, yeah, that, that ship has sailed. Please, God. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, reboots are largely a worthless pursuit, but spin-off stuff like this, I, I would be fine with new Marmoset Chronicles comics. If they came out, I would, I would leaf through one, think about reading more and probably not read more, to be honest with you, but it'd be cool they existed. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. And I maybe wouldn't want it, like, written, but I would love to see what some of the, like, comic book art talent would do with these kind of concepts. Yeah. Because there is... So much beautiful comic art that would be great. It'd be great to like see 
some people, like, you know, take a crack at that. I mean, honestly, th- th- there are other perspectives you could even work with. I Like, if you want to talk about what's the most visually interesting in the Mamacet Chronicles, the movies, it, to me, a lot of it is the stuff with the horror in the seventh one. Mm-hmm. Make a comic about the horror fucking with time and stuff and, like, moving through this broken timeline and doing whatever it's done in its life before mm-hmm. uh, it shows up in the movies. Just make a comic about that. Yeah. Fuck it. The- like, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you kind of sold me on that. Yeah. I, I'll, 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 I'll be a little bit less uh, anti- uh, or kind of begrudgingly against Marmoset Chronicles comics. I can, I think I can get into that. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's a... Comics are a good space to do different perspectives. You know, like... Yeah. It's, it's, Star Wars is the only other media we're allowed to reference on this show. Um, th- there are a lot of Star Wars comics that I like. There is uh, a Rogue Squadron comic that uh, I have a beaten up old omnibus of that's really good. That's just like, here's some characters who show up for like a second in the background of one of the original movies... Here's just some stories about them as a squad of uh, rebel fighters doing different missions and what happens to them. I, I think comics naturally lend themselves to that kind of space. Or, uh, or like, uh, this is this is a weird cut. Uh, th- there was a really good Jughead run a couple years back. Sure. From from the, the yeah, I remember hearing about this. Cause cause uh, yeah, Chip Sadars- uh Chip Sadarsky, uh writes a lot of Spider Man to kind of you know bring that back in. Yeah. Really, really, uh, is apparently writing an absolutely incredible Daredevil run right now. I haven't read it, but I hear it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a really, really spectacular Jughead run, which is, uh, you know, weird, because th- who the fuck cares about that character, and who the fuck cares about Archie comics, but they're really good. Well, um, R- Riverdale was a thing a few years ago. That probably renewed some interest. Yeah, this was before Riverdale, though. People really like the Archie comics. That's fair, yeah. I... Don't really know why, but I guess in my defense, like, it, like in the, it, like, I guess not, you know, as a, as a strike against me, I'm saying that and I, I have not really sat down and sort of gotten into them. And if people like them, there must be something to like about them. But sort of comics as a media, that's kind of what it's about. It's about like, like, you know, take a thing and then have like seven different stories spiral out from it. Which I, I think is kind of the difference between something being a comic and something being a graphic novel. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I think that's valid. Comics have those spiraling stories, and graphic novels are usually yeah. more self-contained. Exactly. Gra- graphic novel or comics will be endlessly iterated upon by different authors and different ideas and different mm-hmm. interpretations. Graphic novels are more like a regular novel or a movie where it is a singular yeah. original thing. And this was a and you know and this what a what a great you know, place to do this, because this is a kind of a different iteration of Georgie. Yeah, exactly. I, I will say, you know, I, I said that he's a lot gruffer and, you know, classic 70s action movie, rough around the edges in this, but he, he also seems to be a lot happier. Yeah, I, I think so. He He's more content. He, he George, Georgie in the movies feels like he is always looking for something, in a way. Or running and, away from something. Or, or both, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. This Georgie feels a little more, like, almost aloof and able to be comfortable where he is. Yeah. Which is, like, 
the last thing I would ever say about Georgie in the movies. Like, that, that is a big part of what defines him, is that even, you know, he's not comfortable out on the road, he's not comfortable in that weird bed and breakfast villa, uh -huh. he's, not in com he's not comfortable at his parents' house, he's not really, truly, he's not comfortable when he finds his old, his old flame, he's not really comfortable anywhere. I, th I, I think it's like the action of moving on that makes him comfortable, where whether whether he's going towards or away from. And that is not really who Comic Georgie is. Comic Georgie finds a place and decides, yeah, I'm gonna just hang out here for a while. And uh, just gets so much more comfortable with that than movie Georgie ever would. Yes. And, uh, it's good. It, it is. Did you read it all, and would you like to know a little bit about how these comics end? Uh, I would love to, because I, I have not read them, um, and I, I haven't read the Wikipedia articles either, because I just keep trying to track down the comics so I could one day read them. But yes, absolutely yeah. tell me. I, I, when I was younger, I, was, I would like just rapidly look up everything about a thing once I knew a little bit about it. If I had gotten into them now, I probably would have held off, but unfortunately back in the day I just like... Looked up everything, oh. so I, I do know a lot about this. I I do that now, so no judgment <laughs> here. Go for it. <laughs> so, it doesn't all take place with the... It, 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 it takes place at this, this, you know, weird business he lives above for most of it. He gets into some adventures with some of the kids at the dojo. Like, those kids are very much like, um... Any show or whatever where you've got, like, a main... And, and, and this happens a lot in, like... Weirdly enough, in kids' shows where you have a main group, and then at some point they'll introduce a couple characters who are younger than everyone else, and they change the dynamic and, like, create new problems. That's, like, a little bit about how these kids feel to me, where it's, like, they're just a group of rapscallions who follows Georgie around and sort of changes what he's doing. Um... So he gets into some adventures with them. He teaches one of them has to, how to learn a motorcycle. There's this kid named Sean who he learns to teach how to ride a motorcycle. Uh, and that's cute. Eventually, it, it really circles around this, this business, the, this ice cream parlor and dojo, and the, um, the Scarlet Cowl, which is the name of this, like, you know, Yakuza mafia group that is threatening this place and asking for mm -hmm. protection and has, like, an iron grip on a bunch of this city that this takes place in. So, eventually, Georgie winds up, he's, he's, he's beating them away, trying to scare them off. They eventually come and set the place on fire. And oh, no. so, Georgie and, uh, and Kishimoto, the guy who owns the place, and these kids, there's this amazing frame, this is at the end of the, the third one of the, the comics I sent you, of them just, like, standing silhouetted by the place on fire. After that, Georgie and this guy militarize these teens, and what? they just storm. They storm the base of the 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 Scarlet Cowl and just like fucking attack them. <laughs> and it's just Georgie leading the ch the charge with this group of people. And there's like other characters who've shown up through the comic as like other people who are part of this city. And it's just about Georgie taking these people from all these different parts of this city and having them all band together to fight this shitty mafia and kick them out of town. And that's what happens. Um, Sean, the kid who we learned to teach a motor to, to teach a motorcycle. Sean, the kid who he taught to learn a motorcycle, saves Georgie's life. It's very emotional. Like, this shit ramps up. This is all in the last, mm -hmm. like, three or four issues. And so, the climax of this thing is just 
him leading them to victory against them. They chase this mafia out of town. I think Georgie, like, sort of half out of panel kills the head guy. And then Georgie just decides his work is done and he moves on. Yeah, which is, yeah. uh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I love that. It, uh, do you say you do or don't? I do. I think that's yeah. super cool. It's pretty like good, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm a fan. Yeah. Oh, also, he gets he gets one last kiss with Tambria, and then he has his whole... She's like, I could come with you, and he's like, no, baby, I ride alone. He doesn't say that, but it's that kind of energy uh, as he, uh, he leaves her behind. God, I think she, she winds up taking care of the kids because we can't have a female character in the 80s not take on a maternal role because fucking... Uh, we love traditional gender roles. No, we don't. No, no, those are fake as it turns out. Yes. Hey, canon is fake, gender also fake. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Choose to express that fakeness in any way you'd like, and that's exactly. fine. Exactly. But yeah, I, I really like that ramping up ending. We haven't, like, said, the, the, the author of this comic is, is a guy named Maximilian Smith, you know, th- which is just a lovely, specific first name, generic last <laughs> Incredible. name. Incredible. It's I know. like, uh, it's, it, uh, wait, uh, I have, no, there's some great names in comics, so there's yeah. this, uh, <laughs> so y- are you familiar with the, with the movie My Friend Dahmer? No. Okay, so it's based off, it's this movie, but it's based off a graphic novel, and the graphic novel is, was written by a guy who, like, was friends with Jeffrey Dahmer in high school, and he wrote a graphic novel about it. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. It is. It's good, good movie, good graphic novel. Uh, highly recommended. However, the name of this man, this man's actual name, this is not a pen name, this is his real name, is, is I can't even say it, hold on, is Durf Back Durf. No, no, it's not. You're his lying is, to me. His name is Jeff Shut Bacter. the fuck up. I, I will. I will Google this right now. Hold on. Oh, John Backdurf. It seems like is his is his legal name. Okay, yeah. Pen name is Durf Backdurf. Durf Backdurf. Yeah. Love it. Oh, he also did one on Kent State. Jesus, he's done some stuff. Yeah. Good movie. Good graphic novel. I would recommend both. But All uh, right. yeah, Durf Backdurf. Durf Bacter. Love it. But yeah, so... Maximilian <laughs> Smith. I just wanted to tell yeah. you about Durf Bacter. Real quick, a good fictional comic name. Uh, the Coheed Cambria comics. There's a villain in them named Mayo Kilgannon. <laughs> that's great. And I just think that's funny. That is really funny. I love that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Maximilian Smith. Yeah, good writer. Like... Pretty good writer. He didn't really do a lot else. Apparently, he had a very brief uh, Aquaman run, uh, but that's the only other thing I could really find with DC for him. Otherwise, it seems like he did some um, some like independent stuff and like a little bit of graphic memoir stuff later on in his career that never really got big. But yeah, he just like he just wrote this really good story for these characters of just like him showing up in this city and making relationships with people through this city and eventually. Rising up with them to fight evil, and that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're done. Maybe that's it. Like uh, that, that. That's kind of all I've got to say about it. Really, I, I think it's fascinating. I think we've talked. We've had some good discussion about absolutely. it. I think. I, I think. I, yeah. The the one thing I guess we could kind of get into, but I feel like we got into it a little bit already, is like sort of the way that comic books function differently than movies. 
Mm. Because, I, I, you know, the, the thing that everyone kind of holds up about the Marmoset Chronicles is that yeah. they are like the paragon of movie, of, of a story that can only be told through movies. Yeah. They cannot be told any other way. As we, as we kind of examined through uh, looking at the novelizations and how mostly not good they are. So, I, and, I, and I guess, you know, I don't think these comics disprove that. Not that they're, you know, one-on-one adaptations, but I don't think they quite get the tone and, you know, levity that the movies get. Which mm. is not to say that they're bad, but, they're just different. Yeah, I, I, I would posit that, and, you know, I, I say this not having ever worked in the comics industry and not really having ever... Uh, read or heard a lot about this, but I would guess that that might be something that's seen as a little more acceptable in comics. Is like, all right, we know we're bringing this over to a different medium. If you want to do different stuff with the tone and the kind of idea mm-hmm. of it, fucking do it. I and I, I I would I would call that a strength in, in a way. Th- this these comics are the closest thing we'll ever get to a Marmoset Chronicles TV show. Yes, I, I agree. Know? Just in terms of pacing and everything, because it's like, it's a lot of smaller, more episodic things happening to Georgie, happening with, you know, this city. There's a lot more time spent to like, oh, he's been riding this, uh, like, mag rail train that's going up above the skyscrapers every day to get to, like, uh, a, a store or wherever. What's he see? What's, you know, there's there's a whole chunk of the comics that's about, like, different things he sees on different days while he's on that train. Like, what's going on with the people there? He people watches. Like, it's it's a lot of those, you know, it's, it's a lot of those things that a TV show gives you more time to do with a character. Yeah. And so even though it's a different version of a character, it, it gives them more time to build that version of that character. If this were one movie or one book, or one more short, singular thing, I think it would be way weirder that they don't get the tone of the movies right. I think the fact that it is something longer and more episodic and long-form, like, makes that a lot more comfortable. It it makes it kind of fine that they don't have the tone of the movies because they have the space to build their own version of it, and they do. Yeah, I I think I'd agree with that. And um, I I do think that this sort of you know, takes the Marmoset Chronicles and re- kind of recontextualizes it as a comic book that came out in the 70s. And that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's, in, it's cool when things cross mediums and kind of retain their identity while also kind of soaking up the unique identity of the new medium. Definitely. I think that's super cool. And um, I really hope that people put other scans of this comic online so I can read the whole thing. Please. Yeah, I would, I would love you, nothing more than that. If, Friends, friends and neighbors, worldwide neighbors, neighbors via the internet, please, if you have these comics, scan them and put them online. Like, I don't... We'll figure out some way to spread these, because I I think they're super cool. At any cost! Kirsten, if people want to scan their entire secretly kept Marmoset Chronicles comics collections and send them to you, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Kirsten M. Writes. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram at Kirsten Meehan Writes. On the Twitter, I do... uh, Lately, I've been um, sharing uh, interesting screenshots of conversations I have with my SO. Uh, You are, and they're very good. Because uh, we have some interesting conversations. You really Uh, do. It's super (laughs) cute. 
cute. It's really good. Uh, on Instagram, I talk. I uh, talk more writing and books and shop. And uh, absolutely check me out on both of those pro- platforms. Jay, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Extreme Salsing, where you'll find some threads about the fact that The Last of Us Two is good. Actually, um, you'll also find me on Letterboxd at Extreme Salsing. I don't know. I watch movies and I review them. I I wrote a very brief review of the Venom movie where I mostly just said how I thought the Eminem song at the end of it was really funny. Um, you can also find me on YouTube at Hi, I'm Jay. And uh, that is where I exist. And we are on the Orange Groves Podcast Network as always. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, if you have not, please go over to the Orange Groves Discord. Join that. Say hi. We have our own channel there. You'll find a lot of other podcast that will become your next favorite podcast there uh and you know what that's we're all looking for community these days and that is a place that is one i don't know that wasn't really anything (laughs) but as always take care of yourselves take care of your of each other take care of your communities and communities communities that need it uh the world is a screaming garbage fire and maybe one day if we work together it won't be Um, comics enjoy comics uh, if, hey, if you guys, if anyone wants any comic book recommendations, hit me up on either of those two platforms, uh, and talk to me about comics. Uh, I have many recommendations. Or if you want to give good comic recommendations, especially of other stuff like what we're talking about with these Marmoset Chronicles yes. ones, I would love to hear about those. So, so hop, hop into the Discord and do that. Yeah, uh, and other than that, uh, have a great rest of the day, guys, uh, and we will, uh, see you soon.